You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, welcome. Wednesday night. Hallelujah. What a great thing. You know, praise God. Uh, Keanu, our drummer, it's his birthday today. He's 21 years old today. <laughs> I didn't know where he went to. I think he's sneaking out of there. He's coming out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's hiding back there, but that's okay. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so good. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Psalms 107. And I just, uh, you know, Sunday's message uh, in, in ministry and about hope, you know, time of don't depart from the faith is something. There he is. I told you he was hiding back there. He's so, anyways, I got the opportunity. You know, I dedicate him when he's a little baby. Hallelujah. So. <laughs> we were talking about that before. He's just trying to make me feel old. <laughs> Amen. Uh, it's all good. But you know, on Sunday when I talked about don't depart from the faith, and one of the things about, one of the last things I shared about was that, uh, you know, we've got a steering wheel in our lives, which we, we steer our, our lives with our tongues, what James said. James said, Oh, you know, what a little member your tongue is, but how great a fire it kindles. And it talks about, you know, we put bits in the horse's mouth, and we also, uh, how big ships are, are led about by a little rudder. And he said, you know, how little your tongue is, but how great it is. And, of course, it talked about that no man can tame it, but aren't you glad that God can? Yeah. Aren't you glad that when, you, you know, uh, when you get born again, things change? You know, I, was t- I always have uh, coffee with Brother Self once a week. And uh, so uh, we were together and sharing and talking and uh, we just, you know, when you got born again, it just changed your life and it changed the way you talked, it changed the way you acted. If you truly got born again, it actually did that. And if it didn't, well, then we're going to get you born again tonight. Amen. (laughs) I I never understood that, you know, where you just, uh, it took all all of that aspect. It should have took it all out of you. Glory to God. You know, I know we can learn, relearn it, but that's not what we're supposed to do. But I want to talk about our tongue and talk about speaking things and making sure that we're not speaking words of death. You know, Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, sometimes one of the hardest things to do is not uh, side in with the enemy or side in with what the world is saying and what's going on around you or side in with all of the junk that's happening. And many times we, we get messed up not because... Uh, uh, that uh, we're not saying the really the wrong things and something we get messed up that way. But many times we're not on the other side to say, hey, we need to uh, uh, be saying the right thing. Amen. Amen. Hooking our faith up with things because you can't have faith without speaking. Did you know that? So 2 Corinthians 4, 13 says is that, that we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written you know, they believed and they also, therefore they spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. Amen. So here in, uh, in uh, Psalms 107, uh, let's begin reading verse 19. I'm going to read it out of the King James and I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. Verse 19 says this, And then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he saith, and, and he saved, or saved them out of their trespass or distresses. 
He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Amen. New King James is out of all their troubles. Then it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Amen. The New Living Translation says this. It says, Lord, help. I like that. They cried in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and he healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Let them praise the Lord for his great love, for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. You know, one of the things I think that we don't do, we used to do many years ago, if you went to Pentecostal churches, and even sometimes in other churches, but really, they always had testimony night, to get up and to share a testimony about what God is doing. Now, I know they got out of hand, and they got goofy, and everybody, you know, would testify about things 50 years ago, but God wants you to testify about what's going on now in your life, and what's that, that's why I like to share the goodness of God, it's like I shared about the trailer, and uh, because... There's something that happens when you begin to say what God is doing in your life. What's God doing in your life? When you start to talk about what the, he's doing, what the word of God does and what God can do and what he is doing, it changes your perspective. Because how many know it's really easy to be negative? How many know it's really easy to get frustrated and side in with the enemy and allow your tongue to... Uh, get all messed up and, and you to begin to say how you feel and your emotions because if you don't talk to your emotions your emotions are going to talk to you amen and uh, one thing I've learned that because the Bible says and, and, and I like the way it puts it the Bible really says that your tongue is the ambassador of your heart so you got to say how is your tongue representing you isn't that a good way to put it so you've got to say, how is my tongue representing who I really am and who I am and how, my, how I really sense it all? And, and what happens, we, we've talked about this a lot, VMI, about different things, because what makes people just, just I don't want to say snap, or what makes people just get, like, why would somebody that, you know, that, that's just not like them. Why would they act like that? And she made a statement, and it just changed. I just thought, man, that's so true. Because the only thing that makes people act in different ways that they would not ever do is that they violated their conscience. They actually did something or said something that they really, truly don't believe. Amen? And when you do that, it just, it just really just it messes you all up. And so the thing about it is, is you always got to hook your tongue up with your heart, not your head. Amen? Because how many know that other people's words can affect you if you don't take authority over them? Amen? That's why I thank God for Isaiah 54, 17 that says, No weapon formed against you can prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you have to condemn. And, and I mean, you've got to take authority over words spoken a lot. We do, I do that all the time because people, without even knowing it, they start talking crazy. It's like, no, 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 we got to take authority over words. They don't need to act like, you know, and if you, and if you actually ask them, do you really believe that? They get really mad at you. So you don't want to do that. You want to kind of say, hey, uh, uh, you just want to take authority of the words that are spoken and say, no, I don't, I don't think they really believe that. Let's help them understand where they're coming from and what goes on. Proverbs 22, verse 23 says this, or actually 21, 23 says, whoso keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. How many know, there's been so many times we've opened up our mouth and we messed ourselves all up. Amen? I've done that. I've done that recently. I've done that today. Uh, I'm not going to have my wife get up and testify and say amen to that. But uh, I did. And anyways, 
<laughs> the Bible declares that we need to take hold of what the truth of the Word of God says and begin to speak what His Word says in our lives. And I truly believe that we need to say, that's why I'm speaking that it's going to rain. I don't care how hot it gets. It's going to, we got to have rain and we got to have a ton of whether it comes in the, I don't care, it's going to rain and we're going to get, I don't, and I don't know what they call it or whatever they got, but it's going to rain, it's going to rain for a long time so we can fill up our reservoirs, fill up our things that we need to do. Because we're here, either it's going to rain or Jesus is coming back soon. One of the two things. I keep telling the Lord, listen, I'm not going to stop, I'm just going to let you, let you know, here's what it is, here's what's going to happen, hallelujah. But... You know, if our words affect our spirit, I mean, I heard this a long time ago that somebody said, you know, your words will fix the landmarks in your life. Yeah. What it'll do is it'll fix things, it'll make things. When you begin to speak what God's word says about it, you'll fix some landmarks and it'll identify who you really, really are. Because it's not who we really are in public. It's kind of who we are in private and what we do there when we share and talk and really get a hold of that because we begin to change the whole atmosphere. And I remember when I, I, I read this, I'm sure I got this from somebody else. I don't know who, so I can't give them credit because I've had it for years and years and years. But I read this, and it says, anybody can be a thermometer. Anybody can tell you the temperature. It's hot outside. It's hot. It's hot. You know, it's funny because, uh, it, it, thank God, you know, it's really hot, like in Texas, and it's hot in Missouri, and it's hot in Georgia. And when it's hot like it's hot there, it's humid. It's nasty. It's hot here. It's 106. Patain, no humidity. Glory to God. You get in the shade, you get redeemed. I mean, you get a relief. You, you don't get a relief in, in Missouri or Oklahoma or Georgia in the shade. It's 106 in the shade, and it's humid, and you're sweating like crazy. It's terrible. Okay? So don't be as much as we can complain. Oh, just lift your hands and shout amen on that if you've never been in that. Because it's like, wow, it's so difficult to, to, to do that. But here's the thing about it. God doesn't want us just to be a thermometer and tell what's going on around us. God wants us to be a thermostat and change the whole course of what's going on around us. We can actually begin to bring down the temperature around us and we can begin to affect everything that's around us. Now, it takes faith to believe that what God says is true. See, we talk about, people always ask me all the time, but what am I supposed to say? You're supposed to say this. <laughs> Whatever it says, okay? And what God speaks to your heart. Amen? And when we look at this thing, people want to, they get, you know, small wars get fought over stuff. And I always tell people, why is it so hard to be positive? You know, in a negative world. And it is. It's really hard. You know, and like one minister said this, a lie will go around the world seven times before truth can even get its boots on. Amen? Now, if you have your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Many times I can, talk, I can just share this with you. But uh, uh, we have to guard our hearts and we have to guard our minds. We have to stir you up. You know, Wednesday night's a shot in the arm and it's to say, hey, let's do this. Let's get this. Let's take hold of, of what God's doing. Because in, in Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm going to get over there too. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hebrews 10. And let's look at verse 23. He said, Let us hold fast the profession or the confession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Yeah. Aren't you glad God's faithful? Yeah. He's yeah. going to see us through. He's going to see this thing true. 
And here's the thing about it. God's placed treasures. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seven says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So that means God's placed treasures in us that he wants to get out of us so that he can do things for us. But he's got to get us to take those treasures in us, speak them out through our mouth so that he can do the things he wants to do for us. God's given treasures. He's placed treasures on the inside of our hearts. And the only way those treasures get out of us is by us speaking them out by what the word of God says. Amen. It is. It's the only. How many of you know that Romans 10, 9, and 10 is called the great confession? That you've got to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you'll be saved. Because with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It's amazing how many people over the years that I've talked to, they say, well, I believe in Jesus. I said, but have you ever made him Lord of your life? Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? No. You know. And they're like, well, I know you believe that. But see, the problem is you're going to believe that and you're going to end up in hell because just because you believe it, it's not going to do you any good. Because if you don't confess it or if you don't say it, if you don't say, Jesus, I take you as my Lord. And I, Jesus, you're my Lord. And you mean it in your heart and you take hold of it. Nothing happens. But did you know that that's the same formula, if you would, and it's not a formula, it's the same principle that if you believe in your heart and you confess what the promises of God say, that's how you receive everything from God. That's how you receive everything. That's how you receive your healing. That's how you receive strength. That's how you receive wisdom. That's how you receive joy. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth. That's what the scriptures say. They, they declare us, you know. The problem is, is that we have a tendency to think in line of what the, the, you know, the world is thinking. We have a tendency to think anything other than... That's why we always bring you back to the Word of God. Because we've got to think in line with the Word of God. We've got to believe in line with the Word of God. And we've got to speak in line with the Word of God. Because one of our greatest problems is we're not thinking right. We're not believing right. And then again, it just comes right out in our mouth. We're not talking right. Amen. It's a good old-fashioned faith message in one sense of this. But it's just taking hold of the truths of the Word of God. Saying, hey... I'm going to speak words of life. I'd rather be, you know, a half full guy instead of a half empty. Even I'd rather say, no, I'm going to keep believing God. God's going to do this. God, I don't care what is going on. God's going to bring this thing to pass. You know, because it takes faith and that's what pleases God. So I'm going to believe God and I'm going to exercise my faith for God and exercise my faith to God. Amen. I'm going to do that because why? I'm trusting him. Hallelujah. And here it is. It, it, and, and the funny thing about it is, is that it takes our faith to do these things, but it takes these things to establish our faith. See, it takes believing and saying to establish your faith, but it takes faith to say, and it takes faith to believe. We're asking people to believe a lot of things. You know, we were discussing today. In fact, there's some new things that she's really uh, going to be doing in curriculum-wise, but it's so cool. But... We're asking people to have this blind faith without giving them the word. This is not a blind faith. This is actual history and joyful and wonderful and and it answers every question that we have and that we have a scripture of what God says of why we believe the way we believe. And so we can say, no, this is what the word of God says. So I'm going to take God's word over your word every single time. Amen? Amen. Now, you're there in Hebrews 10 and verse 23. Jump down to verse 35. It says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence. So I'm kind of tying this into, 
I just really want to strengthen people's beliefs. It's just it's something on the inside of me. I want to see all of the backsliders, all of the people that have fallen away from God, all of the people. I want to see them all come back to God. I do. I want to see that harvest. I want to see everybody else. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. I want to see all people born again. But I just want to see everybody have a fresh new excitement for the Word of God. A fresh new uh, 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 experience, relationship with the, with the Holy Spirit, a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and with the Father. I want, I want to stir up the gift of God. Because I see a lot of things going through and it's like, no, 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 no. We need to have miracle signs and wonders. We need the gifts of the Spirit. We need to impart spiritual gifts. And we're not seeing the spiritual gifts that we are and what we have. You know, he, you know I'm just going to preach. I forget this right here for a second. You know, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, You present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which, which is your reasonable service, the uh, King James says, but it's really your spiritual worship. Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen? By renewing your mind. When you renew your mind by, so you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So it's not enough about not doing these things. We've got to renew our mind. But then he goes on to say in verse 3 that he's given to each one of us the measure of faith. According to those things, he's given each one of us. He starts us all out with the same faith. Same thing. We get born again. We all start out equal. We all have the same faith. But then he goes on to say, listen, he gave gifts unto us. He begins to talk about how you need to go out. And, and if, if you're called to serve, then serve, you know. If you're called to give, then give. If you're called to prophesy, then prophesy. If you're called to rule, then rule. You know, he, he comes across. That's Romans chapter 12. It's all these gifts that he's given to the body of Christ. Not talking about spiritual gifts in, in the first Corinthians chapter 12 but these are natural gifts that God's given he's placed things within us hallelujah and we don't even know that we have them and we don't even use them and many times we do things and we think well man I just I don't know I just I enjoy doing it it's because God's gifted you to be a blessing in fact one of those gifts is a gift of an exhorter to be an encourager to be something another one of those gifts is mercy you wonder why you always have all this oh I just gotta be I just feel sorry for everybody just mercy mercy it's like ooh that's a, but that's you don't be bad See, we gotta have you cause if we don't have you all the rest of us will kill everybody we have to have you you know but we look at this and we see but we don't go past it it's like well I don't wanna do this but God's put gifts on the inside of us then he gives us spiritual gifts to do things, but he's put natural gifts. I mean, the Bible says in, in 1 Peter, it says that he's given un, unto everyone a gift when they get born again. So it means he's placed one of these things inside of you to be that blessing that you're supposed to be. And you find your place in the body of Christ to be that blessing. Amen? Amen? Yeah. But look what it says. Cast not away your confidence. Verse 35. Sorry, you interrupted this message. Now we're going back to it. Okay. <laughs> Just... Uh, Amen. Hallelujah. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Isn't it amazing how uh, everybody's confidence really got racked and really got rocked when uh, we got, went through what we did the last couple of years and just the challenges of, of coming against and the challenges of, hey, you can't do this or you can't do that. And, uh, uh, and we had to stand and we had to fight back and we had to decide what we were going to do. We had to decide what are we going to believe? How are we going to handle this? You know, and our confidence is, is, has been, you know, to where, especially in the area of our faith, in the area of speaking our faith, you know, it's amazing how many people are quiet or a lot quieter now than they were before. Amen. And we need to stir ourselves up 
Not in a braggadocious, not, that's where people think, well, you're just, no, I'm not. Listen, I just know that if we don't speak up, we're going to end up like the army of Israel when Goliath is just spewing out all this stuff and we're hiding over here across the valley and they're spewing and spewing and along comes a little shepherd boy, 17 years old, and he looks at him, who is this guy? And then his big brother comes down and chastises him and everybody's like, who is this guy? He goes, well, what will happen to the guy that gets him? What's happened to the guy that kills him? He goes, well, you'll probably get to marry the king's daughter. Your family will be free from taxes forever. So you, you thought that was just something now. That was way back in there, okay? Woohoo, you know? I mean, that was a big deal. And it's like, really? Yeah, I don't have to pay taxes anymore. This is awesome. So David says, hey, goes to the king Saul and says, I'll do it. King Saul's like, you got to be kidding me. Which is just like people tell us all the time. You got to be kidding me. He said, no. We're going to stand up and do what the Word of God says. He says, who is this guy that's defying the army of the living God? See, he had a covenant. He had an understanding. He had confidence. He had confidence. And that's something that we got to build back up. But you can't be confident if you can't say it or speak it and, and, and acknowledge it to somebody. You're not confident in what you believe if somebody can't try to shoot holes in your, in your beliefs. Amen. You know? It always shocks me because, uh, and, and of course, you know, I, I'm different, and I was different. I mean, I, I got hungry for God on my own. I got filled with the Holy Spirit on my own. I went to Bible college on my own. I studied the Word of God, and I made sure that it was, it was what God says. And did I just, Because I knew that I was going to get questioned. I knew that I was going to get hammered by my family and by everybody else around me. Two reasons. One was because I went a whole different route than they did. Second reason, is because I was so young. Amen? Who is this 19-year-old upstart punk? Who is this 20-year-old? Who is this 23-year-old guy going to be the senior pastor? He don't know nothing. You're right. You've been born again longer than I've been alive, so we're in trouble. And you're coming for me for counseling? We're all in trouble. <laughs> One of my famous sayings was this. I said, listen, if you promise to stick around, I promise to get older. I do. <laughs> and now that I'm older, praise God, I'm not old, but I'm older. Hallelujah. But I've had to defend the faith. And it's, I, I see people cower when one person says something bad. Man, you wait till whole rows come forward and try to hammer you. When you get a mob of 30... <laughs> I mean, that's exciting. When you've got 30 people coming at you at the same time, that's, you, know, you don't know if they're going to beat you up, and they want to beat you up. Amen. I mean, it's so easy now. It's just, life is, life's a piece of cake right now. I'm, I'm just praying that it gets worse, and it gets persecution, so we can actually see some fight. You know, so, Pastor, you're just crying. No, I'm not really praying for those things. But what I am praying is that we would know that we know the truth. When you know the truth, it doesn't matter if somebody comes and attacks or tries to discredit or tries to come. You say, no, I'm just going to believe the word of God because I know what the Bible says. Amen? Because people are always wanting to get you to doubt your faith. It's Genesis chapter 3 all over again. Now, did God really say that? Did God really say don't eat of the tree? No, no, God's holding some things back from you. No, 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 no. There's, there's all other ways to get to God. There's all other ways to get to heaven. No, there's only one way. You know, there's only one way. There's only one way to get to, 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 to heaven, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the precious blood. of. There's only one way. 
and there is no no exceptions. There's no, you know, when you try to do, you know do the thing, you're going to water it down. You're going to mess up, and uh, you're not going to receive the things that God has for you. Amen. But we've got to speak the truth. We've got to speak the truth in this because we can't Catholic. Do not cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. We're not being rewarded with our faith because we don't want to offend anybody. Isn't it amazing how they don't care to offend you? They could care less how much they offend you. Hallelujah. And so, and it's not that we're trying, and that's the funny thing about it. We're not going out here trying to beat anybody up or do things. What we are endeavoring to do is to just bring life everywhere we go. Bring the word of God. Let them know, listen, we found the answer. We found joy. In the midst of chaos, we have found joy. In the midst of pain and anguish, we have found joy. We found who God is. And God you know, doesn't mean that we don't have tests and trials. It just means we get to go through them with the joy of the Lord. We get to go through them with the love of the Father. We get to go through them with the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit helping us. Amen? He helps us. Hallelujah. And that's the joy of it. That's the joy of it. And, 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 but I know that we need to stir it up again. We need to rise up and stir up our hearts again. And the very first thing we need to do for all of us, and I know this, is that we need to do what Philemon, verse, you know, there's only one chapter in Philemon, but verse 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn over there. I can quote it, and I will quote it to you. But Philemon, verse 6, says this, that the communication of your faith may become effectual. So that the communication of your faith may become effectual. And I'm quoting King James because that's what I know. So that the communication of your faith becomes effectual. Why? Or how? By the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. We got to turn around and say, listen, yeah, we've been hit. But guess what? We're still the best thing going. We're still children of God. We've still got a hold of the best thing going. We still, and we've got to acknowledge every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus. It's not every good thing that you have now. It's every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus, that who you are in Christ and what you have. But you've got to acknowledge that about you, that you've got an anointing, that you've got the power of God, that you've got the presence of God, you've got the spirit of God, that you're born again, that you know that you know you're going to make heaven. So it doesn't matter about anybody else or anything else. And no matter what they say, no matter what they do, glory to God, you know. And when you know, people say, well, I just don't believe that. You just, you just kind of smile. You just smile. You say, well, I love you. You know? And praise God, I'm going to pray for you. Praise God. And they get mad because that's the love of God. See, that's the love of God. When that love of God that shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit, it changes everything. Amen? But you've got to acknowledge. How do I acknowledge that? I say it. I say it. I say what God says about me. He said, I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I say that I'm a born-again child of the King. God loves me. He, everything works together for the good to those that love God and are called according to His purpose. So everything always works out good for me. People get really mad when you say that. They get really upset. Like, who do you think you are? Why do you? I said, I'm one of God's favorites. You got the Hittites, the Moabites, the Israelites. You got all these ites. I'm a favorite. See, so I change things around because people, and they, you know, uh, it's funny because, you know, when I, when I was doing things and stuff, and I remember I had a, a guy said, he said, you know, Pastor Mark was a young man in my congregation way back at a church in another state. He said, I told somebody this. I said, I, I've been coming here and doing it. He said, I knew one thing. 
One thing, I don't know all that Pastor, Pastor Mark and what he's doing. He said, but he always lands on his feet and everything always turns out okay. <laughs> I said, well, thank you for keep confessing that. <laughs> keep saying that. Because I actually believe that. I believe that all, because the Bible says in Romans, it says all things work together for the good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. All things. The Bible says that God's ordered this, our steps. See, we look at it now, but you can, you can totally get out of, out of step with God. You can totally get off the path that God has. You can do your own thing in your own way, and then you can blame God, but you're doing your own thing. But if you're serving God and you're doing what God says to do, glory to God, he's doing it. Amen? Now, now that's your thing about it. Remember I said about Philemon, it's every good thing. Everybody say good thing. I know we don't, I don't want to brag on my, it's not bragging, it's actually telling the truth when it's a good thing and you know God gave it to you. And when you know God gave it to you, you can't brag on it anyways. It's not yours, it's not you. Every good thing about you is is all of God. That's what I, that's what reeks of the world. When they say, well, I studied, I did this, I did that. It's like the little girl who took a seed and planted it in. She was doing something today. I was listening to her while she was checking out curriculum. It talked about a little girl who, who put a seed in the, in the dirt and then watered it, did it. And then she put a big sign there. I did this. I created this. And her mama said, well, why would you say you created it? Well, because I did all these things. Yeah, but it wasn't your seed to begin with. <laughs> you helped it. You watered it. You did but it was God's seed and God made it grow. You see, here, and that's the hardest thing for the world. The world hates to give credit to anybody else, so it's all about me. I did this. I earned this. I did this. I had to work for this. I had to do this. God's the one that opened the door. God's the one that, you know, all of the blessings God's ever done, everything that's good in my life, God is the one that gets all the credit for that. And, and I thank him for that. And so the good, the good thing about it is goodness still follows. Because it, it doesn't depend on me. <laughs> Amen. Now, it does for me to be obedient, to have faith with God. But it's because of His goodness. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's the goodness of God that just brings life to us. We thank God for that. We let God do it. And I just acknowledge, God, I'm your child. You're my father and I trust you. Amen. I trust you. I trust you. Now, now, here's the problem, though. There is many times in my life, in almost even every day in some different things, is there's, many times that there's a big gap between what God says about me and how I feel about myself at that time. Have <laughs> you ever not felt really good about yourself? I've had those days. I've had a lot of those things. There's a times where I don't feel good about myself. I make a lot of mistakes. But I can't stay there because that's where even though I know that I have to say, God, forgive me. I repent. Or if I mess up, I ask them to forgive me. And then I got to walk on. But I got to turn around and acknowledge the goodness of God. And I got to acknowledge every good thing. I've got to acknowledge what God says. Hallelujah. In this. Glory to God. Because you know that every one of you are powerhouses for God. Every one of you has a full engine, full, ready to go. You just don't know how to start your car. You don't know how to use it, you know. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, and I wrote it down like this: You're like a car that's loaded with enough fuel and enough horsepower to get anywhere you need to go. You just need to put the key in and turn the ignition. So I'm going to tell you what the key is, and then I'm going to tell you what the ignition is. Okay? 
and then we'll, we'll wind this up. Hallelujah. Because we did it. I just wanted to exhort you. I wanted to stir you up because, listen, we've got to be on fire. We've got to know the truth so that everybody else around us, even all of our friends that have fallen away, all, all the other side, even those that are, you know, and I love all my guys, and I can say this because we're not lying, praise God. I love all my pastoral friends that are my age or just a few years older than me. Uh, they're all gearing up for retirement. They're all gearing up for changing and, and uh, changeovers. And that's cool because if that's what God's speaking to your heart and you're doing that and you're going to do something else because I have a lot of good friends that have done that, but they're still ministering and doing things. It's just that they're gearing up to slow down. And I know that's what we live our life. We work ourselves all. We do all of our stuff, our planning and planning so that when we do retire, we have time to have fun. And I think you ought to have fun. I really do. I think you ought to just vacation, enjoy, just, and, and, but do still do the gospel wherever you go. And I have been asking the Lord. I said, Lord, I, I can't see any of that. All I see is you got me running and running and you keep giving me more vision. And, I, and I'm like, and I still feel great. I still got all these things. You know, and I'm, all my friends are getting old. And that's why he gave me a young wife, praise God, to keep me young. So we're good. Hallelujah. And she has taught me how to have fun, which has basically put like 20 years back on my life. So that's been the real cool thing, too. And, uh, uh, but vision and desire to do it. And I'm not putting them down. I love them with all. And I think they're, they're headed in a, in, in a direction they need to go. But I'm headed in a direction I know this is where I'm supposed to go. Because my engine's still full. I've got my full tank, and I've got such a, uh, uh, a lot of horsepower to go and to do. I just do. I just have this. Because I've got, I mean, so I want to see so many things accomplished, naturally and spiritually. But I know that I've got to continue to put the key in, and I've got to turn the key on. Amen? And the key is the Word of God. That is your key. Without the key, nothing happens. Without the word of God, without that, nothing happens. Now, here's the thing. You can have the key, and you can stick the key in, and you can have the word in you, and you can just be like, isn't this great? How come I just know this, and I know all these things, and I know these scriptures, but how come I'm not seeing the results that I need to see? Because you haven't turned the key on. You haven't ignited the engine. How do I do that? With your mouth. The ignition is your mouth. It always has been your mouth. You remember when God came down to Ezekiel and he said, can these bones live? Can these bones live? Ezekiel said, you know, you know. He says, son of man, say, you got to prophesy to him. You got to do it. He said, so he said, he speaks to the bones that come on. He said, now, can these, he said, you got to prophesy to him that skin's going to come on him. Sinews. And, and they began a whole army. But you know that, you know, did you notice that God said, he said some things and then Ezekiel had to say it in order for it to come to pass. It didn't come to pass when God said it. But it would not have come to pass if Ezekiel would have just said it without God saying it. Yes, that's right. See, that's our problem is that we say a whole bunch of things and we go, well, I thought that thing didn't work. You try to say all this stuff. Yeah, I know you didn't get into the word of God. You don't have the word of God in you. And you're not speaking like God speaks. You're just mouthing off. I mean, one of the funniest stories that I ever heard was, and it was back in the days when we first started back in the 70s, 77, 78. 
And the charismatic move was really big. Uh, things were going, of course, confession was really big. Everybody was talking about all kinds of things. You know, people were trying to use their authority, and they were trying to be like this person. They were trying to be like the seven sons of Sceva. I adjure you from Jesus and whom Paul preaches. And the demon said, well, Jesus I know, Paul I know. Who are you? And then Jesus beat the snot out of them. So everybody was getting up, and they tried to rebuke And this one guy got up in a meeting, and he got up. He's going to rebuke this guy, and this guy just cleaned his clock. I mean, I laughed and laughed and laughed. I thought that was, you know, that was perfect, perfect timing for me to know I ain't never going to get up and say anything unless I know God says it. You know, you don't get up and say because you're going to do something like so-and-so or do something like this. But then I had a whole bunch of folks in my, in my you know, going to a Bible college. We had all these young guys and they're all like, I'm believing God. I'm going to And so Brother Copeland came and said, you know, he gave his car away and God gave him a new car. So all these guys gave their cars away and they walked. I gave them all rides for six months in my car. I started laughing because they're all like, aren't you? I said, I ain't. I said, God didn't tell me that. I paid for this car. I own this car. This car is going to stay full of life while I have it here. It's good, dude. It's getting me to point A to point B. Gets me to my job. Gets me to school. They're like, well, we don't know. I said, because well, you did it because you, he did it. God didn't say anything to you. What's wrong with you? You're doing it because someone, that's just like, you know, like I said, that's those guys doing it. They're doing it. And see, we get up and we do things because, they, well, I want to try this. Let me just share something with you. You can't try God. God tries you. The word tries you, the Bible says. This word's going to try you to whether you believe it. You don't try the word of God. It tries you. And it finds you whether you're faithful. It'll find you whether you're true. Because when you believe the word of God, God will do it. Amen. I never understood that. That's why people, they always want to jump out and say, well, I just know this. It's like, yeah, but you've got to take hold of the word of God. Did God speak it? Did God, if God said it, then we'll stand strong on it. And if God says it, it always comes to pass. Amen? God always does it. See, here's the thing. When you're acknowledging, that word acknowledging is this. It means that you're well instructed. You actually are, have, a, have a very intensive understanding of it. And you have deep knowledge of the facts that when you're acknowledged, I know this is who I am. And I know this is what God can do in my life. Amen? So when you know that and you have confidence in that, then glory to God. Look what it says in verse 36. And we'll close on verse 36 and verse. It says, For you have need of patience. Notice it says it has great reward if we don't lose our confidence. For you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. See, doing the will of God is believing the word of God, speaking the word. Is what Mark 11, 24 and 23 says. You believe it, you begin to say it with your heart, but you believe it. And you believe it because of what the word of God says. Amen? You take hold of what God's word says. Because the key is the word of God. The ignition is your mouth. Hallelujah. You know? And here's the thing. The key is turned in the ignition when you open your mouth and you start to speak truth. And good things in you are activated the moment you start confessing the truth about yourself. Once you know the truth about yourself, then you know the truth about the Word of God. That, well, God will answer that. God will answer that prayer. God will do it. Because I'm not asking it based upon just my own desires. I'm asking because God's speaking this to me. God's revealing this to me. And I want it for His glory, not for me. God, I want you to be glorified in this. I want you to get all the glory. Amen? 
and I'll use this story. And the last story we go, we'll close on this, is that, uh, you know, we teach our kids in different things. But when we were pastoring and, and my kids were really little, that's the situation is I remember when my son Adam was really, really little and Aaron was just a newborn. And so anyways, Adam was wanting something. I said, well, we're just going to believe God. We always tell him, let's pray, let's believe God because we didn't have money. We never told him we couldn't afford it. We never told him. He's always said, you know what, God, let's believe God. We're going to believe God. So we're praying. And he wanted a little train thing, train set. And he was just believing for this little train thing. He said, and we were praying. We prayed. We did, did our scriptures, did everything. We prayed. Didn't think it. But all of a sudden, about a week or two later, this lady comes over from the church, came over, and, and she says, hey, I've got my son. And she brought this unbelievable, beautiful, beautiful train set. And, and I, of course... You know, uh, I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And I totally forgot about us believing God. Totally forgot about it. I did. And so I said, well, I tell that. So I had him, well, t- well, t- well t- you know, tell him, you know, so she's someone, tell her, thank you, tell her, tell, who got this for you? No, I was trying to tell him, say thank you, you know, be polite. He, and he looks at me and said, Jesus got this for me. <laughs> and I went, and it stopped me. And I was like, and then I, I remembered. I said, and I told her, I said, you know what? It's true. I said, we prayed. He was he believed, and he was. I said, yeah, Jesus. And he just, he just put me right in my place. <laughs> and she was just so thrilled because, believe it or not, she said, well, you know, that was the thing. About it. I was going to give this, just give it to Goodwill. I was gonna, but I just, something said, no, 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 you need to go bless them with it. And, uh, you know, but he shocked me because he said, no, Jesus gave that to me. He was emphatic. And I said, you know what? You're right, kid. <laughs> I repent. I was in doubt. But I mean, I wasn't, didn't think about it. But when you share and when you speak the word of God, it changes your life. Yes. And that's a simplistic thing, but that was a childlike faith of believing and trusting in what God said. Trusting in what I said and what I told him. No, Jesus, we're going to believe God for it. you know. And God did it. Amen. And what God wants us to do is he wants us to have that childlike faith in what we're doing here. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for your word. Thank you for these wonderful folks tonight. Thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy. We just love you and praise you. Lord, we honor you. Thank you. Father, our heart's desire is that you do uh, send forth laborers into your harvest and send us to be able to minister life to those around us so that they might be ready for the coming of the Lord, that they might be ready to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.